1: it ain't the left side for the right side and it must be the fin side it's it ain't the left the side for the right, right side. good
0: afternoon dolphins fans welcome to another episode of on the fin side with cat and paul and our guest here Derek havens from patsfans.com and the pats fourth and two podcast uh, he's helped us out over the years with our breakdown of the patriots roster and the upcoming dolphins and patriots game scheduled for three twenty-five Central, four twenty-five Eastern, here on Sunday. Derek, thanks for joining us.
2: Hey guys, thanks for having me. Always uh, glad to be on with you.
0: You bet. And you know, looking at the the Patriots roster and what's what's coming up here, you know, just news of in recent weeks. Obviously, Mac Jones named the starting quarterback. Cam Newton gets cut right off the bat. Was it a surprise to you that that Newton? Wasn't the starter and was it a bigger surprise to you that Newton was cut outright? Uh,
2: The fact that he was cut when he, I guess lost the quarterback job to Mac Jones or Mac Jones took the reins, I guess, wasn't a surprise because that was always kind of in the conversation. If Mac is able to beat out cam will Cam be okay. Accepting a backup role. Does the team want him looking over Mac Jones's shoulder? Uh, But the fact that, Mac Jones did win the job. And I I guess I was, I was, yeah, to answer your question, I was surprised. I I was, I I can't sit here and say I didn't. I, I will say that I was hoping Mac Jones would win the job. I just think that sitting quarterbacks out of college is just not as common as it used to be 10, 15 years ago. And uh, I think there is some benefit to it, but I mean, you all saw the Patriots at least twice last year, right? As, as Dolphins fans and, and the Patriots offense was just flat out abysmal. I mean, it wasn't a professional offense. And as, as, as good of a player as Cam Newton once was, it was pretty clear last year that he just was not operating at the same level. It wasn't a great fit for the system. Plus there was just really no weapons around him in general. And so I was kind of looking forward to seeing what a second year in the system would be like for him with some upgraded weapons around him, but, all we kept hearing out of training camp and all that I saw when I was down there for a period of time was look Mac Jones and Cam Newton are pretty much at a dead heat and I think that's a huge notch in Mac Jones's corner. Uh, if it is she shouldn't be a guy who's been a professional for just a couple months shouldn't be going toe-to-toe with someone who's been in the league for a decade, who's been an MVP, who's been to a Super Bowl and you know, kind of accomplished what Cam's accomplished in his career. So I thought, hey, start that egg timer early. Let's see what he can
1: do and go from there. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with their performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Ready for an out of this world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the USA but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at Manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you.
0: Certainly. And who he's throwing to, you know, the Patriots obviously added a lot of weapons here on offense. Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne at the wide receiver spot. Janu Smith and Hunter Henry at tight end. And Hunter Henry should be playing this game, if I understand correctly. Correct. You know, how how do you see kind of the pecking order at wide receiver and tight end here? Is this going to be, you know... really up in the air as far as who's going to
2: get most of the receptions, or do you kind of have a good idea of that? I think they're, they'll definitely be showcasing the tight ends a lot throughout the year there. They spent good money for both of those free agents. Both have uh, kind of a different skill set, but I think can be utilized on the field at the same time. Uh, the Patriots offensive line is going to be very good. They have a nice stable running back, so it's going to be a run first team uh, and the defense should be pretty strong as well. But obviously you're going to be going to a bunch of different weapons that are all new. Mac Jones is new. The two tight ends we mentioned, you mentioned the two receivers. We haven't really seen much of Nelson Aguilar yet. I've barely seen Hunter Henry. Uh, But I think that, like you said, both should be on the field for this week. And I'll be curious to see honestly how it's kind of divvied up. I think their most consistent receiver by far has been Jacoby Myers. uh, And he will probably be that second, third guy in there at the receiver spot. But I think he'll get a pretty good amount of targets each week. He's just really consistent. He's not a flashy guy, but he gets open and he catches the ball. And I think that they'll use Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry quite a bit. Certainly, I'm expecting a lot of two tight end sets for this team moving forward. And
0: looking at those weapons, too, do you see the Patriots coming out a little bit more run heavy in this game You know, with you know starting running back Damian Harris and, and their slew of running backs? Or do you see them coming out and spreading the field early for Mac Jones?
2: I would be surprised if they came out real, like throwing real heavy, at least to start the game. I think in most situations, it's going to be a lot of run with Damian Harris, let the offensive line kind of get some traction, let him get into a rhythm. And that will open up things for Mac Jones, too. Uh, you know, obviously, you're trying to make it as easy as you can for a rookie quarterback in his first start. The running game is going to be his best friend. Uh, and obviously, with you all watching Tua last year, it's similar. You wanna you don't wanna put it all on him, uh, but I, I think they will open things up more with Mac. I thought throughout training camp and the preseason, you saw him get a better grasp of the offense uh, in terms of running things up tempo, no huddle, et cetera. I think he's done a good job ingratiating himself into the offense, and I think he's farther ahead where They expect him to be, which is why the decision was made to kind of give him the reins early. But I do think that running the ball is going to be a big key for this team just all year long. Uh, and they're going to want to slow the game down. I don't think you're going to see this Patriots offense scoring in the high 20s or 30s in most weeks. I think they're going to be more dogfights, and uh, I think they're comfortable with that, certainly. And at the running back spot, you know, Damian
0: Harris listed as the top guy in the depth chart. They also drafted one of Paul's favorite players before the draft from Andre Stevenson at running back yeah. went to Oklahoma. They've always got James white back there and they've always got Brandon Bolden back there. Bolden still with the team, at least uh, the last time I checked the depth chart here moved, he is still uh, with the team. Yep. Moved. to uh, I think number 25. Now you can never keep track of <laughs> Brandon Bolden. Um, I, so do you think this is the year that, you know, the Patriots are known for going to the committee approach at running back? Do you see them doing that again this year, or do you see Damian Harris really
2: pulling ahead um, and, and being that bell cow? I think he, certainly he's going to get the lion's share of the carries. I always get apprehensive, kind of like Saints running backs in fantasy football. I'd say the similar thing with the Patriots. I, I, I always – people reach out and be like, hey, is Damian Harris worth drafting? I'd be like, absolutely. But as far as the mix, I think if there's 25 carries, he'll get 18, 19 of them. But I still think that you're going to get James White in his normal third down role. They really like second year player J.J. Taylor out of the University of Arizona. Uh, and he's kind of will be their change of pace back. And I think Stevenson too, uh, they're really impressed with him. Uh, I know that Ivan fears uh, the running backs coach has spoken very highly of him. I think you know, their depth made someone like Sony Michelle, affordable to, to trade, which they did to the you know, Los Angeles Rams. So I do think Damian Harris is going to be the lion's share guy, but I'm sure that they'll, they'll have roles for each other. I don't expect Stevenson as much early, but again, he put together a pretty impressive summer performance, especially in the preseason. So uh, to me, Damian Harris should be that number one guy that's going to get, I'd say at least 80% of the carries.
0: And on the defensive side of the ball, you know, it's, it's hard to keep track of a lot of these guys because who's a defensive end? Who's a defensive tackle? It, we know that Kyle Van Noy and Dante Hightower are going to be stand up linebackers for them, getting a lot of snaps here. So the Patriots are going to be starting two former Dolphins, uh, Davin Gotcha at the defensive tackle spot and Kyle Van Noy at linebacker. You know, what do you, the Patriots are not known for having that big edge rusher. Uh, and that looks to be the case again. How would you summarize really their front seven?
2: Multiple, versatile, um, and uh, I think pretty deep uh, at the front seven position, front seven group as a whole. Uh, you know they have, as you mentioned, the two stand-up guys in Hightower and Van Noy, which I'm pretty interested to see how they look to start the year. I thought both looked a little slow during the preseason, but they're both so they're both so vested veterans. So it's like one of those things where you don't know if maybe they're just not going full tilt. But people on the edge, you know, Josh Uche, second year out of of Michigan, I think is poised for a huge year. Uh, Matt Judon on the other side, their biggest free agent money acquisition from the Baltimore Ravens. Both of those guys on the edge are going to give teams problems. And uh, they both do uh, an exceptional job of bringing a lot of energy and they're kind of both flying around the corners. They do have some depth there with Chase Winovich on the edge and several other players, uh, you know, in that depth chart as well. They have they have a definitely a more of a complement of players to kind of play different positions, move around, be flexible. They invested a lot in their run defense over the off season because it was abysmal multiple times last year, they were gashed. And I think it was important for them to be able to stop the run and do a better job of controlling opposing offensive lines.
0: One guy we talked about in the show a lot uh, in the pre-draft was Christian Barmore at defensive tackle. Um, Very physically talented raw player coming out of Alabama do you see him getting a lot of snaps in this game or is it kind of like with Ramondre Stevenson you're looking for him to ease into that role a little bit more as the season goes along
2: I think he'll get more and more as the season goes on but I think you'll see him a lot more earlier than you would someone like Stevenson Uh, I think they'll rotate along that defensive line a lot Uh, Barmore to me has been really he can really stand out at you know at, at times and we saw that. Going back to college, I mean, even this past, this past you know rookie draft class, the defensive tackle position wasn't very deep. It was really Barmore and a couple other guys. It wasn't, you know, he stands out uh, in a position where it's hard to stand out, especially in training camp on that defensive line. And sometimes it's not as easy to see until you're really in game action. It's, it, on the field, you're really looking at those one-on-one battles. And I thought Barmore did a good job of establishing himself. There's going to be some consistency issues, which again goes back to his collegiate days but i do think you'll see him uh in the mix i don't know from the if he'll be quote unquote starting that is kind of to be determined but he's going to have he's going to have a significant role
0: sure just like with the dolphins defense the patriots defense is going to be rotation based so sure. even though you've got 11 starters you're probably going to see 17 to 20 of them playing meaningful snaps on defense i agree yeah as the game goes along here at defensive back obviously the big Blow here with Stefan Gilmore, cornerback goes on pup. He's going to miss the first six weeks of the season. Looking at their depth chart here, obviously J.C. Jackson is going to start at one cornerback spot. And do you see Jonathan Jones or Joanne Williams or or Jalen Mills being that that second cornerback?
2: How do you see the rest of that depth chart shaking out? Well, the Gilmore situation is a per, is a perplexing one on a couple of different fronts. He goes on pup. And some people are saying the quad's not ready. Some people are saying it's kind of a hold-in situation where he wanted a bump in pay. He was given a $5 million, uh, kind of pay advance last offseason. This year, he's owed $7 million. And a lot of people that you kind of hear whispers from said that he wanted to pretty much be compensated about double that for the year. Well, he tells Josina Anderson, former ESPN employee, a couple months ago that he'll be ready if he quote-unquote needs to be and then they don't see him on the field. Uh, are they not able to come to some kind of financial understanding? Is it one of those things where, you know, him going to PUP affords him to be able to sit out half the year, still collect his full 7 million, but now he's only going to be playing half the game. So ipso facto, you kind of got your quote unquote raise, if that makes sense. There's, there's a little bit of, I've been surprised with the lack of information that we've heard about this situation. I know that Gilmore's a quiet guy. Belichick's usually pretty reserved as well. But to me, I thought that was a it was a big blow. I mean, with Gilmore, I think this Patriots defense has a top five potential. I really do. Uh, I think that it's gonna be one of the better defenses that they've had. Now he's out for at least six weeks, probably closer to eight. And you're looking at a situation where the depth chart takes a big domino effect. I think J.C. Jackson is a very good player. I, I think he'll get paid in the offseason like a number one cornerback, but I think he's more of a number two guy. Jonathan Jones is a good guy in the slot, but who's that other cornerback going to be? That to me is one of the biggest, probably if not the biggest one, be of biggest concerns I have for this team, because I think you will see someone like Jalen Mills. And if you go back to his time in Philadelphia, he's someone who really struggled playing cornerback, succeeded a little bit better when they used him as a safety. But I do think that's going to be a target uh, for opposing offenses and uh, I, I do think I am expecting Jalen Mills to get a, a good amount of cornerback snaps in this game.
0: And that's going to be such a big part of the matchup here because Dolphins don't have Will Fuller but uh, they do have J- Devontae Parker healthy, Jalen back, Mike Gesicki so the question is are the Dolphins going to spread the field out and really attack those cornerbacks and you know try to win these one-on-one matchups and secondly are the Patriots going to be able to provide that pressure against a Dolphins offensive line that is struggling and a little bit thin here heading into the season?
2: I think to me, the turnovers for both quarterbacks are going to be something to monitor. And that for Mac Jones going to his first start against a very good, uh, you know, coach with uh, and Brian Flores, who is obviously a, entrenched on the defensive side um, and comes from the Belichick tree of really rattling, does a good job of rattling young quarterbacks. Uh, and I think, too, it would be interesting to see how how he handles what Belichick might throw at him in, in different ways. And I do think the Patriots front seven will be potentially the difference in this game. I think they're going to be able to get a lot of pressure. But where I think the Patriots will try to, I guess, disguise their their depth issues at cornerback will be using a lot of different safeties. They, they have several safeties that are do that have done a great job with covering tight ends and some bigger receivers. I could see a situation where Adrian Phillips or Kyle Duggar, you know, take on more of a tight end role and try to help limit the exposure of some of their depth issues. at cornerback will be.
0: Certainly. So given what you said there, the Patriots have could have a little bit of an edge in, in that area. What is your score prediction here for the Dolphins Patriots game here on Sunday? Patriots currently are two and a half point favorites.
2: Yeah, I think right now I'm leaning Patriots twenty three. Hmm. <laughs> are we there? No? Uh so
0: yeah, if you, if you, if you keep going there, and, and I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I'm not sure if it stopped or not, but that
2: was my last question. So you can <laughs> you could keep firing away there, Derek. Okay, well, I'll just say that I I think right now I'm leaning Patriots 23, Dolphins 20. I think both quarterbacks are going to struggle uh, with interceptions one two. I'll be curious to see how that happens. I don't think it's going to be a high super high scoring game, but I do I think that the ultimate edge where I think the Patriots will ultimately kind of be able to pull out is the pressure on the Dolphins offensive line. I think that. Austin Jackson needs to have a really good game because I think Joshua Jay's coming out party is definitely in the it's definitely in the play. I mean there's going to be a lot of guys in the Patriots front seven th- that are moving around but I do think that ultimately we look back at this game Sunday evening and say the Patriots just applied too much pressure to Tua and that was how the that was kind of the difference.
0: Yeah, my thought was was pretty similar
2: 23-20 kind of in that area. I can see either team. Well. I wouldn't say it's a I wouldn't say it's a, a t- I think both teams are in kind of similar slightly different spots but i I thought the the dolphins were superior talent wise especially last year this year i think the patriots did a good job of kind of retooling and refilling when they could be a free agency in the draft but ultimately this team is only going to get as far as their quarterback takes them and he's a rookie so i don't think the patriots are necessarily like a legit super bowl contender i think they could probably win in the 9 10 maybe 11 game range and maybe that sneaks you into the wild card i'm not sure but I, I don't look at the. I think both teams, it'll come down to really how well their quarterback play can be. Cause I think the rest of the rosters for both are in pretty good spots. Uh, and, you know, if Tua can, if Tua is able to, uh, you know, kind of progress from last year and get a little help and he's able to kind of spread the ball out to some of the weapons that Miami has, I think that he'll have a pretty good year. Otherwise I think you might be looking back at it and say it was either him not reading things right, or he didn't have time to because the offensive line just didn't really allow him to be as successful as he probably should have been. Sure. And the Patriots,
0: clearly they had a talent deficiency last year. it was a It was certainly a retooling, you know, not a concerted effort to, go for the super bowl for the first time in several years. I think that's fair to say this year. They, you know, the the amount of players that they signed signed in the first few days of free agency, John Smith and Nelson Aguilar and, you know, gotcha on Matt Judon and, and getting Kyle van Noy back and Jalen Mills. I mean, gosh, they've got, I'm looking at their depth chart here, Trent Brown. They get back at right tackle. I mean, you're looking at, Nine, ten new starters on
2: both sides of the football here for the yeah, Patriots. Yeah, they spent so. a quarter. They spent about a quarter billion dollars. <laughs> so Crazy. What's the NFL re- history? Yeah, they they really opened up. And I think the point was for them to kind of retool and refocus what they were doing, make up for some deficiencies. I think Bill's Bill's had in the draft the last couple of years, things have not worked out as well as they were previously. And, and they didn't have Brady there as the kind of the deodorant. I mean, that's when you have a great quarterback, it can hide so many things, but when you don't have that quarterback play uh, those deficiencies are often more easily exposed. And I think you saw that last year, they just weren't good enough. Ironically, I feel much better about this Patriots team in a lot of different areas, except for the two biggest positions or two of the, I guess the more top tier positions you would list are receiver and cornerback. I mean, well you probably put those positions in the top, what four or five on the field. And, and I would say the Patriots have big questions at both receiver and cornerback. So especially without Gilmore there, obviously. So it's like, to me, again, I think Mac Jones, will. there'll be some ups and downs with him. I have seen enough where I think the offense can run more efficient efficiently, and I think that they'll have a better team than last year, but ultimately it's really going to come down to how few Ma- mistakes Mac Jones makes throughout the year, and that's no different from week one against the Dolphins.
0: It is uh, the first matchup of Tua against Mac Jones, the former Alabama quarterbacks, and we lo- we look forward to seeing them. On Sunday, here is the Dolphins square up with the Patriots. And we're joined here by Derek Havens from patsfans.com and the Pats 4th and 2 podcast as well. Derek, thanks for joining us here today, previewing the Patriots uh, side of the ball. We look forward to having you back again. Thanks for having me, guys. As always, we'll be in touch. And that will do it for our show here. And you can follow us on the Fin side on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, the finfanatic.com website and the Fan sided Network as well. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin side. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies.